1: of my brand new book 120 minutes to live big don't settle for mediocrity live big let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today that's canilivebig.com
2: we are excited to announce the live big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m there are a few other changes so visit derrickgreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more
1: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself.
2: Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer. Father, we thank you
1: for your word. Father, I know we're going to be enriched by today's message. Lord, I ask that uh, you do a miracle. But I'm going to do my best to explain, but that's not always enough. I need the help of the Holy Spirit today. Help us to see what we would not have seen, Lord, if we didn't come here today. Help us to understand this is really a a, a very, very important truth today, God. And and I need your help, Lord. We, We need ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to our church this morning. And we give you all the honor in advance for what you accomplished. And we all say, Amen. 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 Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Philippians 3 and verse 13. We're going to begin with familiar scriptures, but then we're going to move to something that I have not covered in the recent past. But we're going to look at some very, very important truths. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Paul was saying, though he had accomplished much in his life, he recognized and realized he had not yet arrived. And this accomplished man said, but one thing I do, forgetting. Forgetting. He refused to rest on his laurels. He knew too much about God to live a complacent life. Forgetting those things which are behind. He was saying, what I did five years ago, though it was great, though it was important, though it was significant, every morning I wake up with a certain beat in my ear a certain song playing in my heart. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize. And this this is important here. Paul was not just trying to make it in. His whole life was about winning the prize. And look at what he called the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the fact that this apostle had to press toward the upward call implies that he also had to resist the downward pull. And today, I want to talk about the difference between the downward pull and this upward call that we we'll all deal with in our walk with Jesus Christ. But it's going to take a moment to set it up. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, scripture we looked at recently, but let's look at it again. For we are not going to be, not hope to become, but right now, I am his what? Workmanship. Just as a mechanic works on a car so it can be driven, just as a plumber fixes pipes so water can be used, Scripture says, you and I were created in Christ Jesus for something. We were not just saved from something. But Scripture teaches we were saved for something. And what is it we are saved for? Good what? Works. So God did not save us, according to Scripture, just for us to die and go to heaven. How many think that's a good thing? No. That's a great thing. And I'm excited about the fact when I die, I'm going to heaven. Jesus died and rose again because he had something for me to do right here and right now. I was created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God, who God, prepared when? Beforehand. Beforehand. When I came to the altar, God didn't say, oh my, oh, uh, Derek there. let's figure out, Holy Spirit, Jesus, let's get in the huddle, let's figure out what we're going to do with his life. No, before I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye. Yeah. God had a plan for my life. Everything in my life was, was, was I was created on purpose and with a purpose. Yeah. And when I walked down that altar, that's when I discovered the purpose that it had always been for my life. Was God what prepared when? Beforehand. When God saved me, he had exactly in his mind what he wanted to accomplish through and in my life. This is that we should walk in them. How I many know walking requires exertion? How many know a long walk can get a a little bit tiresome? And the point that Scripture is making is if we're going to fulfill the goal that God has placed on and in our lives, it's going to require a little more than wishbone. It's going to take some backbone. It's going to take some exertion. It's going to take some energy. It's going to take some pushing. It's going to take some moving. It's going to take some striving. It's going to take some work. I want to teach you something that is really, really important. And if you learn from the scriptures today, this will dramatically change your walk with Jesus Christ. Revelations 2 and 2. I rest in my salvation. I am saved by grace through faith apart from works. Everything of value in my life has been accomplished because of Christ's finished work. What I want to talk to you about today is not about our salvation, not about our making an end. But I want to talk to you about our rewards, which is actually a completely different thing. When Jesus looks at the church, the seven churches in the book of Revelation, it's interesting what he looks at. He doesn't look at the church's creedal statement. He's not overly concerned with their statement of faith. I want to read to you in the scripture, when Jesus judged and assessed the church, let's take a look at what he focused on and what he paid attention to. Revelation 2 and 2. To the church of Ephesus, Jesus himself is speaking, and he said this, I know your what? Works. Did he say, I know your faith? What did he say? I know you're what? What was his focus? Revelation 2 and 19. To the church of Pergamum, he says this. I'm really impressed by your creedal statements. I am thoroughly acquainted. I have given myself. I have watched closely and carefully your works. Revelation 3 and 1 to the church in Sardis. He says the same thing. I am fully acquainted. I know and I have studied your works. Revelation in 3 and 8 to the church at Philadelphia, he repeats, I know your works. Well, we're saved by faith. Why is Jesus talking about the church's work? Has Jesus digressed and gone back to the old covenant? Has Jesus gotten confused? Revelation 3 and 15. To the church of Laodicea, he says a final time. I know your works. If you read these passages, you'll you'll discover that all of the demotions and promotions were handed out not based on the statements of faith that the church had, but how the people's faith was expressed through their works. Let's establish this before we go forward. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. The Holy Spirit speaks here. He says, for by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. Faith. By grace through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift. It's something freely given, not something you earned. Not of what? What? Works We're saved by grace through faith, apart from works. Our works have nothing to do with whether or not we make it into heaven. But what I am here to tell you this morning is that our works has everything to do with the reward we get once we get there. This subject of works is really one of the most important subjects. I might preach for this entire year. Revelations three fifteen through 16. Jesus is speaking. He's talking to the church. The dispensation of grace. After he died on Calvary's cross, rose from the grave. He looks at the people. He says, I am acquainted with, I know your works. And here's my assessment after looking at your works. You are neither cold nor hot. The way God determines the spiritual temperature of a church is not based on its size, not based on its building structure, but it's based according to scripture on one thing, our works. All of the seven churches consisted of people that were in the pews that recognized that they had absolute covenant trust. When I die, I'm going to heaven. The problem was they became indifferent about what God wanted them to do on earth. Many of us settle with the fact I've accepted Jesus as Savior, good thing. Preach every Sunday that men and women might meet Christ at the cross. But... All that will do is get you into glory. Remember, we're going to flesh this out in Corinthians. But the thing that will be rewarded in glory is not just your faith, but your faith that expressed itself through actions and deeds. He said, I know your works, and you're neither cold nor hot. Not cold enough to be cold, not hot enough. To be hot. These were people who lived their lives in the middle. They poisoned and they positioned themselves to to be able to quickly escape to either side if it ever became inconvenient. Folks always looking for an escape, never really wanted to bear up under pressure. Not not hot enough to be hot, not cold enough to be cold. They just wanted to fit in and begin to to, 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 have access again to both sides quickly if pressure ever came. And Jesus looked at this, and, and the, the, the New King James verse is not as strong as the other translations. He says, I could wish, but the other translation, say, I wish you were cold or hot. If you're going to live an effective life for God, you got to go big or you need to go home. In fact, let me tell you something. This is why some people do go home early. Because God, when we got saved, he could have just, each of us, we could have just puffed away. And, and not have to live this life. He left us here because we had work to do. And many of us, he's like, why should I heal your body? Because all you're going to do is go back to nothing. You want me to fix you and, and, and all this rest and, and straighten out your life or, or, you know, pay all your bills but, 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 you know, or get you the new job. But, but once you get it, what you going to do with the money? You, you want all these things. But because you don't know the purpose of a thing, you keep misusing it. The purpose of my life is is not just to die and be secure as I live, knowing I'm going to heaven. It's to live this life, bring glory and honor to God, doing something with it. And I have a word for this congregation today. Many of you, if you don't go big, you're going to go home early. If you don't get serious about what God left you on this planet to perform and to do, when that illness comes, and it will come, God's going to be like, you know what, if, if, if I let them stay, they're just going to mess up more, cause themselves more trouble and more harm. You know what, I'm not going to fix it this time. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you'll abuse it. The purpose of my life is not to die and go to heaven. The purpose of my life is to stay here, live it out, and to impact the rotten here and now. I feel like God is saying, go all in or get out. But we got to get rid of the mushy middle mentality. Let's dig deeper. Let's, the things I just said you say were Bishop's opinion this morning. 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, lovely verse, famous verse, appreciate this verse. We sing songs about this verse, but we got to speed through it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the what? Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Why is verse 12? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, you're about to notice two categories gold, silver, precious stones. But then others can build with wood, hay, and straw. And what he's saying, all of us are going to build lives. But the quality of that life and The ingredients of that life are what's going to determine our reward. You see, one group perishes in fire, wood, hay, and stubble, burns up. But the second group only increases its value. It only improves in the fire. Put gold in the fire and the weight, it just becomes more valuable. If you move it from 18 to 24, the value increases. Same with silver. Same with certain pressure. So put them in the fire, they just get better. And what I want is a life that when God examines it and, and it's under the heat of, of, of his inspection, that the value of it only increases. I don't want a life that I live 50 years to go off in a puff of smoke when I get to the other side. And this is what the scripture is warning each of us about 13 each one's work so what does the gold the silver and the wood the hay the precious stones what does that represent work and he likens our work to two categories each one's what work my faith in jesus will get me into heaven but how i build my life what i do with my life will determine my eternal reward. He says, each one's faith, no, work will become clear. For the day will declare it. And he's talking about that moment when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're about to discover we're saved. We're not going to hell. That, our, our, our eternal destination is really not the point here. He's determining whether or not we receive the reward. The judgment seat of Christ is not about whether you go to heaven it's about what level of reward you receive, and we're going to discover this even clearer. It said, the work will become clear, for the day will declare it, meaning deeds done in darkness, things that nobody knew, knew about, sacrifices that you did in your life. No one knew. In that moment, God's going to bring it all to light, and watch what it says here, because it will be revealed by what? Fire. And Watch this. And the fire will test each one's work. Notice this. Only our work is tested at the judgment seat. Our fire, he it, it, it said, it said, test each one's what work? Is that what it says? My soul was not what's going to be tested. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is, whether it's wood, hay, straw. But what do you know about wood, hay, and straw? they burn, burned. They're also cheap. And convenient. But you gotta dig for gold. You gotta sift for silver. You gotta look for precious stone. They're rare and costly. Some people are gonna go to heaven on the cheap. But because they didn't look for the pearl of great price, because they were cavalier in their walk and relationship with God and what they did in their life. They'll make it in, but all of their life's work will be burnt up. This is why David said, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. He said, if anyone's work, verse 14, notice the focus, which he has built on, if it endures, he will receive a what? Reward. What is the focus? Your reward. This is not about whether or not you go to heaven. This is about you receiving your reward. Different things. Going to heaven's great. How many know that's better than hell? But getting into heaven is the ground floor. I am not just trying to get to heaven. That's been established over 30 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. The reason I work so hard in church, I work hard. It's because I'm working for my reward. Do you understand? Even if I suffered 15, 20 years on earth, imagine the investment of 15, 20 years knowing that you will benefit eternally. Meaning a woman goes through labor for, for you know, uh, sometimes nine, sometimes 10, sometimes two days. They go through labor, for, but, but, but they do it for the joy set before them. They, they live with the child for life, but they suffer. For a few days, actually nine months, it wasn't a, a cakewalk either. But the point I'm making is this life is the only sowing season we'll ever have. Imagine before there were grocery supermarkets and grocery stores. If you didn't sow in sewing season, your family starved at harvest time. God is gracious. He said, listen, when harvest times comes, I'll make sure you survive, but you are not going to live high on the hog if you slept through sowing season. Life is sowing season. The reason I work so hard is because I'm going to die. The reason why I want to seize every moment of my life is because I won't be here forever. This is the only Comma in eternity where I can make a difference in someone else's life the way I can right now. So I don't want to sleep 70, 80, 90 years of life building with wood hay and stubble. All about me, all about mine, all about what people think, but never once considering, looking up to heaven, God, what might you think about how I'm living and what I'm doing? If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Salvation saves us from hell, but our works determine the extent of our reward in heaven. If you are self-satisfied just because you're going to make it in, you have missed the revelation of Scripture. Matthew 5 and 11. We could go a lot of places to, to establish this, but we we just don't have time today. So we're going to listen to Jesus for a moment. He said, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you. I mean, you know, that statement sounds a little bit ridiculous.
2: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchBA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: Get ready for the 2020 Bible Challenge. It's not like any Bible challenge we have done before. Our goal is to help you dig in and grab a hold of the foundational truths of our faith. So we have broken the year up into sections according to topic, from salvation and stewardship to forgiveness, baptism, and more. We will dive into the scriptures that cover more than 25 subjects. Visit gracebiblechallenge.com. That's gracebiblechallenge.com to sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge. Go beyond just reading strengthen your knowledge and deepen your understanding of God's Word with in-depth studies on what the Bible says about these essential spiritual truths. To sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge, go to gracebiblechallenge.com today. That's gracebiblechallenge.com and get ready to grow in God's Word.